Welcome to the ABCs to live your dope life. This is an opportunity to be a fly on the wall while I engage with some of the most fascinating, inspiring, and brilliant people I know who have played a direct or indirect role in my own healing and continued growth process. The change process is not easy, comfortable, or nearly as fast as so many of us wish it would be. And my hope with this podcast is to instill some playfulness, simple tools to practice, and ultimately, a place for you to recognize that you are not alone. A dope life is one that is aligned with who you truly desire to be, and a congruency between what is deep beneath the surface and what shows above the surface. It's the real, the raw, the complexities of our light and our shadows. The only thing that is ever truly in your way is you. Join me on this journey as we continue to grow stronger together. It's time to live your dope life. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another wonderful conversation. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. It is with my good friend, uh, Natalie St. Hilaire, who is the owner of Yoga Nova Studio here in Calgary. Uh, we are doing this conversation over Zoom, and there were a few times, maybe four or five times, where the connection became uh, a little bit rough, and you're going to hear some jumbling, some noises, uh, and I, I think in general, you don't miss anything, um, but I do apologize for just the, you know, the discomfort in listening to the occasional poor quality of a recording. I do promise, though, that there are a lot of gems of wisdom in this conversation. It is all on freedom. Uh, Natalie shares her story of, you know, how she got to where she is today and lots of insight into what it's like for a business owner, a brick and mortar business owner at this time. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. I will include all of Natalie's contact info in the show notes. So check that out. Um, she also reads a little bit of a poem at the end, and I'm going to track that down and we'll include the link in the show notes as well. So you can read the whole poem. Uh, if you have any requests on topics or something you're interested in or anything um, whatsoever, I would love to hear from you. So let me know what you're curious about, what you're interested in, what, what you would love to be able to listen to. Um, just let me know. And we'll see what we can do to build it into the next few conversations. All right. Well, without further ado, here's Natalie. Enjoy. Well, welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to be sitting again across the screen um, from a, a good friend, uh, inspiration leader in my life, Natalie St. Hilaire. Thank you for being uh, with me today. Thanks for having me, Marin. Thanks for the mm. kind introduction and for the invitation to come and chat with you. Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. It was um, the one thing on my to-do list this morning or on my calendar was just 10 a.m. Natalie, freedom. And I've been so <laughs> looking forward to this. So, uh, so we're just going to dive right in. Uh, yeah, today's theme is freedom. And when I really sat with that as a concept, you were the first and only person that came to mind. Like I knew 
this conversation needs to be with you. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving into this topic with you. Um, you know, and, and as I start every episode, um, what is in and or on your heart today? Um, such a good question for me because the last month into the online platform for the studio has been a very logistical and heady time. Um, and so to sink into my heart and my body is a, is a really great request for me right now. It's a, a, and when I'm, when I do that, when I become aware, um, yeah, I have a higher level of concern for what our city and our community is going through. Mm. Um, and I am, I have, uh, I, and, and it might be preemptive, like it might be before this happens, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of tough times for people as a result of everything that's happening. And maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I just, I feel a deep compassion for what I, what I think people will be going through over the next little while, mm -hmm. um, and a desire to, uh, do something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, in the, the first five seconds of what you just shared, um, was a little jumbled with our connection, but basically you were just mentioning, you know, as, as a studio owner, the last month and a half has been about shifting everything online. Um, and finding that way to innovate and create and keep a business going that has been a brick and mortar business. Um, so I'm, and I've just, I've loved the way that you've moved through this and navigated it. It's been such an honor and privilege to, to be a part of this transition with you. And you know, I'm, I'm affiliated with a, a few different communities, a few different studios, and everyone is handling it differently with the same goal, I think, of how do we keep this community together and, and how do we continue offering our services without the expectation of people needing to show up and be in physical space together. Um, and I can say confidently that you were not only the quickest at, at moving with this, um, you were the most efficient, you were, uh, you know, you were very strong and leadership oriented, but at the same time, there was this openness and space where you were acknowledging that this is not about you. This is about the collective and everyone coming together to create. And it was, it was such a cool experience to be a part of that, to just see how you just rolled with this. And I know you shared even in the beginning of how, of course, like everybody else, there was fear and uncertainty. But for you, it just turned into, well, what am I going to do with this? And how am I going to create? And how do I continue offering what it is that I love to offer and, and why I started the business in the first place? So I, yeah, I just, I'm excited to, to hear more even about what that's been like for you and where you're at now. Um, and maybe even before we dive into that, you know, we can speak briefly about how we do know each other. Um, so from my recollection, my first real memory of you is actually from, uh, maybe this was three years ago. You were in my spin class and, and you pulled me aside after class and you introduced yourself. And, uh, and I know you had been in my class before, but we hadn't really had a conversation maybe up until that point. So you ended up sharing that you have this, this it, it wasn't even an idea at that point. You were, you were saying, I'm starting, I'm opening a studio. 
and and you wanted to connect about the possibility of me teaching at the studio and um, and just to be able to jam out on the stuff that we knew we had in common. So you had shared that through the way that I taught my spin class and the verbiage I used, you knew that I was someone that you could relate to and that you wanted to get to know. And I just, I love that so much. And I, I, I remember sitting down at a cafe with you and you opened up this binder of the plan for your studio, the logo, the name, the, the layout. And, <laughs> and I, yeah, so it's so cool that I was a part of that. And then I got to watch as you renovated this building, turned it into a studio and, you know, the ups and downs of starting a business. And, you know, I just, I got to have a front row seat to all of it and to witness you in it was just such a cool experience, you know? And um, so do you have anything else to add of, of our, like how we met? Am I missing any pieces to that? Um, no, I think you have really a great memory of it. So much was happening for me at that time. Um, and there were so many people I was connecting with, some for the first time, some reconnecting. Mm-hmm. It was at the beginning of a time in my life that went very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very grateful for the recollection. And as you were speaking, I was like, oh yeah, that's how right. I did it. I had the finder and <laughs> I really like, forgot about that stuff. <laughs> Um, so it was actually really nice to hear it from your perspective, but, um, you know, I do remember like, um, meeting your brother and, you know, doing some practice yoga teaching and and it's just been like along for the ride in different moments in different ways and how, how much has really changed over the last three years. It's like, um, just kind of, it's like lifetimes for me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot has happened in three years. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and yoga Nova is is such a a beautiful space and and the fact that you have been able to facilitate the transition of the physical space to the online and it still feels so medicinal and amazing to me that's just such an incredible feat that you've been able to accomplish and i know it's still every day it's a lot of work um so i get that but it's uh it's just amazing well, I think that's because the teachers that have somehow like over the years, the teachers that have ended up teaching here are all really coming from this place of wanting to heal and mm. um, connect wholly and fully with people and that there's not a lot of ulterior motive um, around that with the teachers that have ended up aligning and staying. Yeah. And I really think that that's what um, has allowed the feeling of the space to be translated into the online platform, if that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Um, I credit it to the teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so wonderful. You're so humble. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and there's truth in that. I get that. And but you're you're such a huge part of why this all works. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we don't have a lot of time for our conversation today. Uh, and I do want to give you some space to tell some of your story and you know how how you got to where you are today and, and I'll let you decide filter what the way you want to tell your story today what what feels relevant and um and whether you want to weave the theme of freedom into that or not uh is up to you as well but I would I would love to hear and give you the opportunity to share with our audience of you know who you are and uh, how you got to where you are today well I think I'm I really um appreciate the invitation and um you get to be the first that I share this, this part of the story in this way. Cause I think um, really over the weekend, 
I just understood a part of my story for the first time that has never, um, it has never gelled before. Like the, why that all happened the way that it did and how I can communicate about it in a way that's then of service for others and for myself, you know, like sort of like the, the pieces fell into place. So um, part of what's worked um, you know, well in transitioning to the online platform is that I sold software for a decade before I opened a studio. So I sold and implemented strategic software solutions for over a decade. And so the transition to an online platform is just like a software transition. And I've been while running a studio doing also my old job over the last month, which has blown my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And I bring that up because it's really the starting point of, you know, deciding to open up a studio from a background of software sales, which was, um, as I was competent at that job and um, did well for myself, I carved a pathway for, to be able to create a space and a business of my dreams. And uh, when you met me, it, it was, I had this, uh, it's kind of like I was showing you the, um, like, what is that when people are about to have a baby and they get like a, like a, they get the, the, the doctors come and do the, the ultrasound. It was like, I was showing you the ultrasound of my baby. Uh, it's like, here's, yeah. here's, <laughs> I'm pregnant and here's my ultrasound. Yes, I love that. That's so uh, And, um, and you know, what I didn't know is I was having twins. I was having a cafe and a studio and that, um, you know, one of my twins was going to have some developmental issues. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the building that I was building all of this in was, um, well, it flooded nine times in the first t- two months we were open. Um, I had some difficulty uh, transitioning the relationships I'd had before I opened a business into, like, um, relationships that were, where I was the leader, where we weren't just, you know, friends and, and collaborators where I needed to request things of people and be the leader. I had difficulty with that transition. And so there was some relationship that, you know, that was probably one of the hardest things I think Mm -hmm. I've ever been through. Um, And running a cafe was way outside my wheelhouse. So I may be proficient at software uh, implementation, but um, running a cafe was not um, something I was immediately good at, or I think will maybe ever be good at. It's just (laughs) not natural to me. (laughs) So I had taken on this project, I spent, you know, over a decade of my life doing a job that wasn't my heart, it wasn't my heart's desire, but um, I'd managed to do well at it, and now I'd taken all of that, and I'd invested in this vision and this dream, and then the building flood, I lost relationships, and um, it was not as easy or as smooth to run the business as I anticipated and imagined, and um, the the day-to-day was, it, it just about crushed me, I, I don't know. You saw me during that time. I mean, like days of like not having a moment to shower. <laughs> yeah. Just the energy I was carrying in my body was not the energy of yoga teacher and leader. So my heart was broken too because I couldn't do my dream. I, I couldn't bring myself to yoga teaching and, and facilitating and leading the way that mm-hmm. I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. So on top of everything going wrong, it was like I knew I wasn't showing up in the way that I had envisioned for myself. Well, and I love the analogy of, of these twins. You thought you were having one baby, you ended up having twins and, and it is kind of like, and, 
and they both needed massive surgeries for the first year and a half of their life. So you couldn't just enjoy being a mother and get back into the, the things that you thought and expected. It was, no, these children are sick and they need help every single day. It really was. I mean, like I, you were there. So it really was that way. It was like, yeah. there was no, and so you could, I couldn't bring that like loving motherly energy because yeah. it was crisis. Mm-hmm. I, I like bottom line, I'd taken on too much. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you take on too much and then also things go wrong, it's like crisis. Totally. Yeah. So um, fast forward a little bit to the September month. So we had opened in December of 2017. It was September, 2018. And um, there's wasps in the building. Not a lot of wasps. Not a wasp's nest, but about five to 10 wasps a day find their way into the building. And um, they're finding their way into the building because it got cold very quickly, which would have been a good thing for a hot yoga studio. Um, But there were holes in the building and that they would fly into the building through the ventilation. And I would be teaching a yoga class and it got to the point where I would have to like take up a, take a foam block. And while I was teaching, kill a wasp. Yeah. (laughs) They would just all of a sudden be in the yoga studio while I was teaching a yoga class. Um, (laughs) And then I called to get it, like to find out what we could do to exterminate them. And they're like, well, you could fumigate the HVAC because that's where they're coming in through. Well, I'm not going to put like wasp pesticide in a hot yoga studio HVAC system. And then, you know, when is that going to ever leave? Like, how do I, then I'm going to humidify it and heat it. I was like, that's not an option. So we had to find and patch all the, anyways, but it was in that moment that I would say like the deepest transformation of my life happened. So I went to my spiritual teacher and I said, wasps, there are wasps. Like I was livid. I was like, after everything we've been through now, there's wasps and I can't get them out. And I wanted an answer. Like I wanted for her to like, tell me some kind of wisdom or truth or like um, fix the problem or explain why it was happening. And there was just like, there was like no response. She just looked at me and said, well, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, there was nothing I could fight against, but I was so angry. Mm -hmm. And so that was my um, Captain Dan moment. That was like, the moment in Forrest Gump when Captain Dan is like shaking his fist at the sky. And (laughs) I was like, just like so upset. And then all of a sudden it just dawned on me, like there's, there is nothing, there is nothing except what am I going to do about it? And, um, you know, after that, uh, things, it was still work to build the studio. We still had all to go through all of the things that we went through um, to build the community in this space. I just, something in me, um, I sort of got unattached. I, I sort of got my freedom in that moment because at the end of the day, it's just, that is the, the only real question is what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And what did you do about it? 
Well, there was the wasps. There was, I, there was nothing to do about the wasps. There was just patch the outside of the building. But as soon as I patched the outside of the building, then there wasn't anything else to do about it. So was there any point in being upset about it? Like, was there any point in like, it's, it was like this anger and this need to know why, and this like fight against what was happening and, um, you know, feeling victimized by my circumstances and feeling like everything was not fair. All of those feelings, they just kind of like something in me snapped and I realized how irrelevant those feelings really were. Mm. And it was actually like those feelings and those reactions that were tying me up, that were binding me, mm -hmm. that were having me not be free because freedom is like an internal state. Mm -hmm. And so right. like, so as I realized there was no point to those feelings, that mm. I got my freedom. Mm. Freedom is not, um, well, I can remember when I entered the business and I realized I had a crisis on my hands. I felt totally trapped and that was like a nightmare to me. Mm. Um, I felt like I had lost my life. Like I had a pretty good software sales rep kind of life. Like, and then on the side, I was doing a lot of yoga and I had a really great, you know, experience of yoga and, and doing yoga with others. The mm. things were like, picture perfect in a lot of ways at that time in my life. And then I walked into this business and all of a sudden it was crisis and I felt trapped and that I had lost my life. So I felt the opposite of free. Yeah. Hmm. Quickly. Um, and, and through that process though, I got my, I got my real freedom, which is like it external circumstances just don't define that. Yeah. And I think what, what stands out to me in that too is, you know, when I've thought about freedom, contemplated it and, you know, initially it's, well, to really truly be free, maybe that means like selling everything, going and living somewhere remote where we're not bogged down by the news or other people's drama and how, how much easier it would be to feel free. You know, if, if it was just no responsibility, no relationships to tend to, you know, just focus on me, do what I need to do. And, and while for some people that might be their ideal of freedom, and maybe that's how they find it. I think for the majority of us, it's about how do I find that, that beautiful, blissful, liberating experience of freedom while still living a very human life. And, and like that to you know, follow our dreams and experience the highs and lows of life and, and to be able to recognize that actually freedom is still there, even when we feel trapped or when we feel sick or we're, when we're feeling pain or pleasure or success or any of those things, to recognize that freedom is actually separate from all of that, right? And and I know Baron Baptiste, who you've studied a lot under, um, talks about freedom so much, not only journey of freedom, like that's journey to freedom is, is the practice, but he's written books about it. And one of the first things that really made me stop in my tracks when I was reading some of Barron's work is, is how he said, um, discipline is freedom. And mm -hmm. that really made me pause because at first it's like, well, isn't it the opposite? How, you know, but it really was starting to, it was during the, the process for me of when I was really starting to tap into non-dualism and understand that actually opposites are what creates the complexity that is real, that is true. 
And so discipline, which first seems like structure, effort, follow the rules. Like at first it's like discipline is draw within the lines. You know, how is that also freedom? So how, how would you describe discipline as freedom? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So you got to go to the Gita. I think if you're really going to get like what I'm talking about and what I, what I like, when I talk about freedom, I talk about really non-attachment mm -hmm. and um, it, other ways you might hear people talk about it is like falling in love with the process. There is, has to be a non-attachment to the result, and most of us are pretty attached to getting what we want from our actions. So I'm going to do this to get this. That's, you know, the, that's what I, I want that result. So I'm doing all of this to get that result. And um, that is suffering because that is nothing that we can control. I mean, look, COVID, um, the economy how much can take you at like the building flooding nine times wasps what look what can get in the way of that you have no control over mm -hmm. so when you attach to a goal which most of us and for good reason like you want to know where you're going right you want to set your sights on a destination that's part of like why do anything so you have to, there has to be a goal. And this is when we talk about yeah. like non-dualism is like, well, there's a goal, but, and though non-attachment to the goal, mm -hmm. but the goal is very important. The goal is the thing, but then total non-attachment, like whether the goal comes or not, I don't know. So then all there is to do on the way to the goal are the, the steps, the action steps to get to the goal. Mm -hmm. And so the discipline of doing the action steps regardless of how I feel about it on a certain day, regardless of like what's happening outside of me, but the discipline of taking those steps on a day by day basis, because then I can truly say I have done right action. I have done what I needed to do mm -hmm. to move towards my goal. Now I don't control if my goal emerges, I don't control when it emerges, but I am free from worrying about my goal because mm -hmm. I've done what I can control, which is the disciplined action of the steps towards my goal. So like, I want to get stronger. I'm almost 40. It's been three years of running a business. I haven't done a lot of weight training. So discipline for me looks like doing weights. And then I don't want to do weights. I don't want to do weights. <laughs> I, I want to get stronger though. I don't want to live you know, another 10 years without addressing this in my body, because I feel like it'll be very difficult to mm -hmm. then address it. So I don't want to have to worry about what it's going to be like. I don't want to have to worry about, um, you know, not being strong as I age. So I'm not, so I just, every day, the discipline of lifting weights means I don't have to worry about not being strong when I'm older. So I'm free. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and even when it comes to non-attachment, what I've, what I love playing with is the it's intimacy without attachment. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where we really tap into the non-dualism. So it speaks to even the goal. The reason why we set goals, as you said, is it's because that's what we want. You know, it's a desire. So to be intimately in relationship with your desires and detached simultaneously. And it is, it's such an interesting practice to be in. I know for a long time it, it, 
it was a practice for me to really get like, how do I do that? What does that feel like? What does that look like? But staying open and curious to it and really noticing how when I do get attached, that's when I get triggered. That's when I get weighed down by the world. That's when I find myself in, in states where I feel like I have to climb out. It's simply because I attach to something that I had no right to attach to. And so I'm, I'm continuously looking at this for myself of, you know, I want to feel pleasure. I want desire. I want to set goals. I love dreaming up what I, what I want in my life. And it's just as important to recognize that I also need to detach and create more space to just live and be. And, and it makes me think too of like the, the transition between poses and yoga. Like if we get so caught up in this snapshot photo or idea of where we want to go and we lose connection to the beauty and the juice of the transition of the, the space in between movements or, or the journey of what it takes to be able to get into that really complex pose. Like that's, there's so much more going on than that snapshot of, of the destination that we think that we desire. It's, you know, and I agree that is suffering because we're not in life. We're not in, we're not in the moment. We're not present. We're not in flow because we're so attached to this idea of a future destination that is just not real. Yeah. And I think like really getting into the process, the transitions, the, the, the moment to moment actual reality is um, the, it, that's where you have to you know, in a way, fall in, fall in love with the moment to moment, what it takes moment to moment to get to where you're going and fall in love with that process, because that's the actual process we're all in. And mm -hmm. um, the destination is just like the reason the destination is important. And the, I would say like the only reason is because you need somewhere to steer to. Like you just need mm -hmm. to point yourself in a direction. You can't right. be like, not you won't know what action to take if you don't have a place you're going to. So you choose a place to go to so that you know what action to take. But then the the rest of the whole thing is just actions. And it's like that. And then maybe you get to where you were going and you realize you like, oh, this isn't actually where I want to be. I actually want to be over there. Or mm -hmm. like you, you <laughs> um, and I'm sure that's like I know that's happened to me many times. Mm -hmm. So the you know the, the only reason I think a goal is important or a vision for the future is just so I know where I'm going. It's not actually that I'm ever really that certain that it's my final destination or what I really want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of that quote that I'm, I'm blanking on who said this, but it's, you know, aim, aim for the moon and at least you're going to land among the stars. Yeah. Right? So it is exactly that. Find the direction. And, and, you know, I often think too that, you know, there's so much that we just don't know. We haven't experienced yet. We don't understand. And, and even if we think we know what it's going to be like to, to get to X, the experience of being there might be vastly different. Or, or now that you're there, suddenly your perspective and your view opens up. You see things more clearly that you couldn't see from where you were before. So I think that's, that's such a good insight is that if we get that tunnel vision or locked in on the moon, you know, then we're going to get there. And if we're so locked in, we're missing out these beautiful views and ideas and opportunities that are all around us that we need to stay open so that we can see those possibilities as they come into our purview. Yeah, super important. Just being present, right? In every moment, 
assessing my final destination where I'm steering to, is that the right thing still? And knowing that the whole thing is happening right now. There is no tomorrow. Like there is no, wherever I think that I'm actually headed to is just this, the direction I'm moving towards. It's not, it, it doesn't exist. Like that right. goal, that destination, that final destination is actually just now. Yeah, you know, it all reminds me too of the, um, in Buddhism, the, the karmic cycle that's supposed to help us liberate ourselves is, uh, it's three parts. So the first part is to release any phrase that begins with, I will be happy when, you know, and I, I've lived that myself as well of, of putting my future happiness, my self-worth on, on a future destination and and works tirelessly for that goal as if, you know, I'm not happy right now because I don't have X. And then I got X, which in this example for me was a full ride scholarship to play basketball. I thought that's what I needed to be happy. And so when I achieved it, it actually sent me into a, a deep, dark depression because I was still the same person. I had achieved this goal, but I was still me. I, I still had the same feelings. I was still thinking the same things. So it wasn't, it wasn't real. It wasn't right. It's so to be able to release that, I will be happy when X. Anytime you notice yourself thinking that or feeling it or saying it, just be like, whoops, that's not true. Like that's, it's such a dangerous game to play. And then the second part is to release the idea that you're not enough, right? So to be able to be in the practice of I am enough right now as I am in this moment, this moment's perfect, I am enough. And by doing those two steps, you then get access to the regenerating process of giving and receiving because you're not operating from lack you're not operating from the idea of a future destination needing to to happen it just becomes this present moment flow of being able to give and receive and when we're able to step into that cycle that's when we start accessing liberation and freedom yeah, I love that. Um, I love the the second part because that's really like so important that I am enough piece and we haven't really gone there yet. Because I think um, you know, what can take us out really unconsciously is operating from I am not enough. Right. And um, that will cause, um, so that has caused for me so much um, exertion, unnecessary exertion. Hmm putting things into the space and, and, um, needing to prove something, uh, you know, all of that kind of like those unconscious drivers of, I am not enough. Um, yeah, I had a lot of those come up over the course of opening my business also that mm -hmm. I cleared, um, or dealt with. So when this happened, when COVID happened and I had to transition the studio, there was no, um, trigger for me. Like there was no emotional trigger there. I wasn't losing anything that I had come to make my identity. I was just like, okay, we're just going to change shapes. It's just like taking another yoga pose. We're just, we're just doing it. You know, we're just doing a change. We're just going to like do the same thing, but online now. And it's going to, it's like, we went from airplane to half moon. We're just mm -hmm. changing shapes. Um, and so, but I didn't have anything invested in airplane personally in like a personal way where it was like, oh, airplane means I am enough. Right. I, I just was like, it's, it was very easy for me to be like, oh, not airplane, half moon. Like, um, so that whole identification happens when, uh, when we have 
you know, I'm not enough running. And that's where I think it can be harder for people to quickly let go of old shapes. Mm. Um, and, and transition. Yeah. I love that example. That's really, cause that's, that really resonates with me as well. That's the way I've handled this whole COVID thing too. It's very similar of, you know, this is the way I've been operating in this shape, this way of moving and, Oh, that's not available anymore. Great. I'm going to adapt and, you know, okay, here's a new shape that's working and yeah, that's totally it. And I, I think as an entrepreneur, that's what I've been doing since day one, right? And it's just, oh, this isn't working anymore. Okay, what are people needing? What, what am I noticing? What, you know, what is working? Where can I invest a little more time and energy into, you know, this area of my business and release this because, you know, this served me well, 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 it did. And now it's not. And so thank you and release. And now I'm, I'm focusing my attention more in this area. And it, it does just, it's this natural evolution that, that you need to continue with. And so COVID, of course, you know, some things are, are gradual and are, are almost a choice and well, are a choice and other things are, are forced. And it's just like, this is the new way of operating and you need to figure out how to be here. Like, oh, you want to be an airplane? Well, we just cut off your leg from the knee down. So you need to figure out how to do this or everything else without that appendage now. Yeah, and what you get to take with you always is the learning. So you can, you never lose the learning. And, and um, like what I learned when I was an airplane was like gold. And now I'm in half moon and I can like put in that learning and, and learn and look and see from half moon. Um, and so like the, that's where falling in love with the process starts to happen because now I'm just like, oh, what am I learning today? Mm. Yeah, beautiful. And that's just a, a whole mindset thing, right? It's, it's the way, what we choose to focus on, how, what lens we're perceiving our current reality through. And, and what you just said is just the epitome of the growth mindset every single day looking at, well, what am I learning? What is this teaching me? So even in the challenges or the, the failures with bunny ears around failures or missteps, if you can always just step back and ask, well, what did this teach me? What am I learning? What am I noticing? Then everything is just an opportunity to continue growing. It doesn't matter the results or the material fixation we can get stuck in on, right? If, it, if there's learning and growth, then, then we're doing it. Totally. And like the failure thing, it's so interesting to watch people um, deal with failure because that's where you get that whole, I am not enough and identification happening because I failed. Now I'm not enough. It's like a reflection. It's triggering. Like I, I just, I don't even, failure is not like a word in my vocabulary and it's not because I have like a problem with it. It's just because how it occurs to me is like, oh, that didn't work. Or like, Oh, that didn't have the results I intended. Now I'm going for this result. What do I need to shift? Like, I don't ever really see anything as, because failure is so final. I think yeah. when I hear the word failure, I'm like, well, that failed and that's done. Right. And I don't, so I don't um, interact with life that way. I, I just am like, oh, that, that achieved a different result. <laughs> I don't, I didn't mean to do that. And now I have to deal with the reality of what I just created. Okay. Well, what do I need to put in or take out to shift that reality over to this spot, which is where I, where I had intended to go. 
or maybe from here, I didn't want, you know, I changed direction. I don't know, but every moment. Um, so, you know, we have a conversation and maybe we get the results I intended from our conversation and maybe we don't, um, but it's never a failure, never final. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I think that's, yeah, the, the language we choose to use and the vibration that language has where, you know, is really something to be paying attention to. So if you're someone who has reclaimed failure or when you say it, you feel it as like, oh, right. this is a learning and a lesson. But, you know, I'm the same way when I hear failure or I say it and I really sit with it, it does feel like, like that's done, that's over. And that's, yeah, that doesn't feel right. It's no, this is an evolution. This is an unfolding this is a, this is information for me to take into my next attempt. It's not, you're done ever. Yeah. It, so it really, um, I, I, I think, you know, the work that you do, um, and that I've seen you do with people is really about, you know, and I think similar to the work that I try to do and that I do with myself, it's like that uncooking of those unconscious traps, yeah. um, uh, where I, perceive something as recognition that I am not enough. Mm -hmm. And those, those places in me that I need to clear so that when things happen, I don't really kind of take it personally, right. which is the epitome of like, that's egoic, right? Like, oh, that means, oh, this happened out there. That means I'm not enough. I know it's like a negative connotation, but ultimately it's egoic. Mm -hmm. Why do you make every, why am I making everything about me? Like, it's mm -hmm. not about me actually it's just that i took an action and then out there this result happened mm -hmm. not actually a reflection of who i am and so mm -hmm. like but i but we unconsciously hook ourselves and that's that's entrapment that is not freedom mm. so that is the um entrapment of the ego which is ultimately all of this work is like freedom is freedom of it. You could like, you could be the most free person in the world. You could be standing on top of a mountain and um, have millions of dollars in the bank. And, um, you know, like just like the world at your hands, like every, you could just be the sort of person that could choose any pathway to take any pathway you wanted. And, um, like you could get like a call from your mom and she could say something and you could be like on your knees on the mountain <laughs> with like anger or disturbance or disruption. And, um, you know, like mm -hmm. you could be so entrapped emotionally in your stuff that, um, you know, you can't access freedom. Yes. Yeah. That really lands for me. I think that ultimately what freedom is, is the ability to unidentify with our story, you know, what, whatever our past, our projected future, to be able, you know, we're alive, so we're going to have an ego, but to be able to recognize that and see it for what it is instead of, yeah, feeling like we're hooked in, we're trapped, we're shackled to our story, we're shackled to our emotional reactions and triggers, to be able to see those and respond instead of just being that cycle of reaction over and over and over again, that's freedom right there. That's huge. Yeah, like, that's the only kind of freedom I want. Like if I, uh, you know, and that, and I'm so clear on that. And that is, you know, again, it's what has al allowed me in this experience to be like, Oh, not airplane, then half moon. Cause I have, if I get that kind of freedom, like if that, if the result of me opening up a business means that I get that kind of freedom, then like, 
what else do I need? I don't care. I don't need a physical structure. I mean, I love this physical structure and I love the people that come here and I want to keep seeing them and keep gathering in community. And I want that to continue and I want to facilitate a pathway for it to continue. But I don't know economically what's going to happen in this city. I don't know, like the viability of boutique fitness and mm -hmm. um, the viability of people gathering closely together and being hot and sweaty next to each other. Yeah. Through this scare on our health of like contracting disease from each other. I don't know emotionally and physically where pe when people are going to be there mm -hmm. and, um, and economically, um, mm -hmm. you know, so like I am also aware as I work on what I'm working every day that, um, you know, I'm doing, I feel hopeful to have the opportunity to be creative in this moment. I feel like that is the only thing that, um, I could ask for as we go through what I think could be a period of loss for a lot of people. And um, I don't know. I don't know the future of this building as I sit here and as I work kind of endlessly on it day in and day out. I don't know the future of what this business will be at the end of all this. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm relatively free in all that. I mean, the grief is, a, is okay. Sadness is okay but I'm not attached to whatever level I can say this is truth right now. I don't feel overly attached to the results. And I'm aware that I could be working for something that could make no sense in a few months. And, and I hope that's not right. I hope that it makes a lot of sense in a few months. I hope we find a vaccine for COVID and people aren't worried about being around each other. And actually that's exactly what they want to do. And we're busier than ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I just, but I have no control over really over a lot of that. Totally. And if you got fixated on that, attached to it, you know, that could just destroy your immune system and make you more susceptible to exactly the thing that we're trying to protect ourselves from. Yeah. Yeah. That emotional attack, like, cause well, it was really interesting. So I, I, I don't know what happened when all of this happened for me. It, I felt, and I, I've not always liked this term when people have used it, but I felt like I was downloaded, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this very, very quickly. And mm -hmm. I was, and you were around too. So you saw it was like very quick, very yeah. certain actions and to do them very quickly yeah. and, and with certainty. I, I don't know what that was about. I don't know where that's leading me. I trust it. But um, that, and part of it was also my um, software background. It was very clear what steps and what path to take because it was like my old life. I've done this before. So I kind of, it, I knew how to respond to what was coming up with the users and how to transition them into a, a software system that would work. And, you know, not to go on Instagram live because there's no pathway to monetize that and why, I really clearly wouldn't do that. And I, I, so it just wasn't muddled for me, partly because of my past. Yeah. Um, and though, while I was doing that, because that was happening to me, I made up a fantasy, like it was going to be like wildly successful. So I had like all this energy behind me and I was like really, really driven to create all of this. And I had this fantasy running like, oh, this is it. This is like the moment where all this work pays off and I'm going to be like wildly successful. With, you know, we're getting all these like huge numbers in our classes and like, um, th this is, I finally found the, the pathway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, and then we had to charge for it. I mean, we have to charge for it, something. It's donation-based. So if people come to me and they say, like, I can't afford this and I need yoga, I, it's donation-based. Mm -hmm. um, but it does need to be something that we put some boundaries around in order for me to ensure that I can hopefully make a business out of it, whatever, mm -hmm. come what may. Mm -hmm. um, or retain a business, but that it is a business I do need to support that I pay my staff and I pay my, for my facility. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so the minute that we put a price take on it, we did lose a lot of viewers, like um, not, I think it was like a third or a quarter, not too bad, like to transition to a business when there's so much free content out there, I've just like, but it wasn't like the fantasy that I had that, oh, this is it. This is our moment. <laughs> mm. This is, you know, and so there, you know, in that moment where I realized like, oh, this fantasy of I'm going to get there and then that's the place I'm going to be. And then I'm like, that's it. Success. Everything I've ever wanted <laughs> is going to be there. And that's why I'm working so hard. I lost that fantasy when we had to put, you know, this, the small price tag that we do have on it. And I saw the mm. result of that. And so then I had to, as quickly as possible, deal with the grief of the loss of the fantasy. Right. Mm -hmm. And because... I think that, that that's a huge piece you just touched on, is, is the grieving. Like, to really be open to the importance of grieving as we let go of what we thought, whether it's an expectation, uh, a missed moment you know, uh, a relationship that you could have moved into, but you chose something else, you know, to be able to honor that, that we can really celebrate where we are. And we also need to equally honor that importance of, of grieving what was lost, whether it was something real or imaginary. I think that's really beautiful that you were able to, to really tap into that and to notice that. Well, uh, or else it haunts me or else it's in yeah. my it, or else it's something else I'm attached to. I have to um, let the feeling move through me of the grief. And then I would say like power or like personal power is actually, um, you know, if you want to start to work that muscle is your ability to move through that quickly. Mm -hmm. It's just your ability to see like, Oh, I had a fantasy. I was attached to the fantasy. I'm not going to get my fantasy because I'm a human being and I'm part of a bigger thing that's happening all around me and it doesn't go my way because I just yeah. want it to go my way. And that doesn't mean I shouldn't still create and, and be inspired and be inspiring. But um, my ability to see that, to have the emotion I need to have and let it go quickly, that facilitates quick action, which mm. is just like really great, um, a great space to live in, to create from. Yeah. Yes. And to me, that's ultimate freedom as well. Because freedom is not necessarily meaning that we're going to feel good all the time. But really what it comes down to is that you have, you have tools to wield moment to moment. So maybe true freedom is that you have a, a full tool kit or a tool belt that no matter what you're going through, you have a tool to be able to be with what you're experiencing, to move through it, and to ultimately release it as you did with grieving that unmet fantasy, right? That's freedom right there. Yeah, it's just, I just don't spend a lot of time Captain Danning it anymore. You know, like I just don't have a lot of, once I realize I'm kind of like shaking my fists at the sky, I, I go, oh, okay, 
Yeah. Right. All right. All right. I'm just a human being on the earth with 7 billion other human beings and I don't always get my way. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I could stand here shaking yeah. my fist all day that and I've I been here before and I know that that's just holding me back from being able to move forward. Yeah. But I have to go through the moment. I have to yeah. see that I, that I, like, I need to acknowledge it in my space and let it go. So I'm not mm. repressing it. Yes. You know, I'm. We're avoiding I'm, it. Yeah. I'm dealing with it, but I'm also like, I'm just pointing to that. Like we can get quick at that too. And that yeah. gives us an ability to be a little bit lighter. Um, mm-hmm. mm, yeah. So we're just not moving through life, carrying one moment after another on our back and in our body, you know, freedom as well as is being able to move and flow and if we're holding on to grief or avoiding pain avoiding difficult conversations then we're we're, we're literally bringing gunk into our body and limiting our range of movement yeah so mm-hmm. it's it's um you know it's it's it is like a it is like a holistic thing it is like different totally. tools needed at different moments i think um you know and then like ultimately all of it i would just like put under the the non-attachment like it's just all I'm not attached to my grief I'm not attached to my fantasy I'm not attached to where I'm going I'm not attached I'm I'm unattached yeah yeah right it's the difference between like the experiencer that we are and the one who witnesses and so many of us are so attached um shackled to the experiencer and really this work is about building a stronger relationship and giving more space for the part of us who just witnesses and is just neutral and can be in whatever highs or lows without feeling like that's it. That's all I am. That's all I'm experiencing. Yeah. There's um, a quote and I had looked it up before our conversation. And so let me see if I can get back to it. It's kind of long, but it's exactly what we're talking about. Like it's exactly what you just said. Um, so let me see if I can get to it and, and not read the whole thing. Well, I know um, we're getting close to that mark where you said you needed to hop off. So are you good to spend another five minutes or do we need to um, wrap it well, up? Well, let me just see. Um, it, it, I'll read to you the last paragraph. It's from the prophet. It's Khalil Gibran and it's barely all things move within your being in constant half embrace. the desired and the dreaded, the repugnant and the cherished the pursued and that which you would escape. These things move within you as lights and shadows and pairs that cling. And when the shadow fades and is no more, the light that lingers becomes a shadow to another light. And thus your freedom, when it loses its fetters, becomes itself the fetter of a greater freedom. So I really think, you know, what's there is like the things that you think are going to set you free when you let go of, that those things that the things you think are going to set you free when you let go of the attachment to those things there's like a greater freedom so mm. anyways um it's just all what we've been talking about i love it yeah so beautiful i i um would love to have another conversation with you uh i'm oh my yeah. god <laughs> this is like Oh, someone wants to talk to me about like all this crazy stuff in my head sure oh my god my favorite I love it. Yeah. You and I jam out on this stuff all the time, which uh-huh. uh, I, I so appreciate. And um, for the sake of time, I, I do usually end with a, a question around um, our next conversation. And if you're willing to 
whether ingest a little bit of cannabis or just be out in nature. Um, uh, yeah, I, that, so that's something I'm going to follow up with you on to see what you'd be comfortable with in, in that cool. realm. Uh, yeah. So other than that, though, why don't I just leave the space here for you so you can, you know, plug yourself a little bit, the studio, how people can find you, what that looks like, how people can work with you and we can, um, close the conversation there. Yes. Um, well, thank you. Um, I'm just uh, letting someone know I will be there in two minutes. My, so yoganovastudios.com is where you can find the studio. And um, I, I can be followed on I am Natalie Ann on Instagram. Um, and, you know, I don't really have any personal offerings right now. It's taking all my time to get the studio, like, to the place where it needs to be online. And, and that's, like, a lot of fun for me. But um, I might be doing like a somatic thing through the studio. I teach yoga um, at the studio. So just come take a class. I mean, and if like power, like I teach like power yoga. So like um, fast and um, lots of movement. And if you're looking for like a slower type of yoga, lots of the teachers that teach here align with this kind of a conversation because mm -hmm. that's who I tend to hire. So take one of their classes. Um, but yeah, just um, in this time that we're going through, if I can say anything to anybody out there is like, keep moving, keep hopeful, and um, just try, try to be in learning and creation as much as possible because there's, we're unbound right now. We're actually more free than we think we are because there's so many less restrictions as the old shape dissolves. We were in an old shape, we were in a system that is now shifting. And as that shift happens, there's more new space in that shift. So there's so many opportunities. Um, and I just, um, I would encourage people to try to find that for themselves, try to find some meaning for themselves and purpose. Mm, and explore the new shapes that we have the opportunity to move into. Yeah, so good. Oh, Natalie, thank you so much. I appreciate you just you know, it's, it's ridiculous what you've been through and how you move through it and how, what kind of example you lead. I'm just really grateful for who you are and that I get to be your, your friend and fellow teacher. Oh my God, like, likewise, you're a <laughs> wonderful soul. And I'm so grateful to have you um, on the team, Marin. And thank you for uh, offering me the space to, to talk to you today. My pleasure. We're going to do it again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, Erin. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on social media at Dopamine, that's D-O-P-E-A-M-E, or on my website under that same title, dopamine.com. Please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it and do not hesitate to reach out if you have questions or comments. I would love to hear what you want to learn more about. So until next time, love big and play big. Peace.